chapter number 8. Beginning with verse number 4. I don't know how fervent I'll get tonight. I just want to share my heart. As a reminder to all of you, possibly. I know it's a reminder to me. And maybe even for some that may not realize it. 1 Samuel 8, verse 4 through 7 says this, Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together, came to Samuel unto Ramah, and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in the ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel. When they said, Give us a king to judge us, and Samuel prayed unto the Lord, and the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people and all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. Amen. You may be seated. Yeah, I don't know if I've used the hand plow here yet or not. I don't, I can't remember, but we're going to use it tonight. And I want to just give us some reminders this evening. About the authority of God. About his kingship over us. And I want to bring this thought to me, to you, I hope, rejected. Have you ever been rejected? What a terrible feeling. I mean, what an absolute horrible feeling to be rejected. And that word rejected to means to spurn, to cast away. But I like this last one from the Hebrew. It means to refuse. To absolutely make up your mind, I refuse an individual. Samuel, we know the story. He was a miracle baby. And his mother Hannah promised to dedicate Samuel to the Lord. And she did that. And he grew in the house of God under the tutelage first of Eli. At a young age, he began to hear the voice of God, thinking it was his pastor. And he went to his pastor. So you calleth me? And Eli said, no. Go back to sleep. And after the second time he perceived, it was the Lord speaking to Samuel. It's amazing to me that this young boy, when he heard that voice, immediately thought it was his pastor's voice. He went back and God began to speak to him, and he told Eli what the Lord had said. And Eli, it wasn't very favorable to Eli, but he said, that is the Lord. So even even Eli submitted to the kingship of God, even though his sons weren't doing very well either. And so... I want us to look at the story between Samuel and God. Because evidently when the people said to him, you're old. I can identify with that. The people said, you're an old man. 
And what's coming up behind you is not really what they should be. So give us a king. And so evidently, by the context of our text, Samuel felt rejected. He felt refused because he was old. He was old. And the Lord tried to explain a truth to him. Samuel, I want you to understand this truth. They haven't rejected you, but they rejected me. It goes with anyone that God has put over you. For example, bishop over me. If I begin to resist and turn away some of his requests, could I say instructions, then it's not him I'm refusing. I surely would never say to him he's an old man. But they had some nerve. They called Samuel old. But God wasn't through with him. And so I'm glad I understand this principle. I was taught it at a very young age when I say that, 26, 27 years old. I got that principle that wherever I was, my pastor, as I followed and obeyed him, I was doing it unto the Lord. Whether I agreed, whether I disagreed, and I'm glad I've learned that principle. Because I never want to do anything that would feel like a rejection to God through my bishop. Because when we begin to resist the power, initially we don't think we're resisting God. We think we're resisting this man, this old man in this case. Because maybe we don't like his attitude. We don't like his conduct. We don't like what he said. And so I have to learn that when that happens to me and it's happened, I know what Samuel felt like. And you know that feeling as well. But also hold on to the word that says, Samuel, they haven't rejected you, but they rejected my kingship over them. God will always have a man over his people. Always. It'll never change. And so, as we see this story unfolding, God began to single out a very tall man from the smallest tribe of Israel. I believe it was Dan or Benjamin. Somebody help me. Benjamin. Very tall man, head and shoulders above the rest. Very humble man. And he was anointed king. 
And so, in his second year of reign, he began to war against the Philistines. And all of a sudden, something began to happen to King Saul. Yes, he's a king. Yes, there were many kings. And yes, they governed the people, but they were never, never outranking a prophet. I don't know if you heard me. They never outranked that prophet. Even with kings, God always had a prophet to keep them in line. And so, he was really doing well in battle. And they were fixing to go fight and Samuel said, wait for me. I'll be there in about seven days. Because people were getting restless. They were scared. So Samuel was going to come down and offer sacrifices unto the Lord for the battle. And Saul got impatient, waiting on the man of God. And he took Matters in his own hand. And he began to offer sacrifices unto the Lord. Now, we know the scripture is very plain. To obey is better than sacrifices. To hearken than the fat of ram. That began Saul's downfall because he began to think he could make his own decisions. I know, I I think I heard that. Well, I'm grown. Like, bless your heart, 74 years old. I pray I make it to 74 years old. And if bishop is, which I pray he is, still the bishop, then I'll still be under him. I have kept certain offices in this organization because he asked me to. Even though I knew it was time for me to resign the National Foreign Mission Department, I knew. I knew it was time. But he came to me. He said, take it for one more term because I don't have anybody. Yes, sir, whatever you want. Well, for me, things didn't turn out very well, but I was obedient. That is the key with God. That is the key with God. And so Samuel got there and he said, so what have you done? And basically, he said to him right then and there, God will find him another man to rule Israel. You would think that would have shocked him and woke him up. But later on, God began to speak to the prophet and says, I want you to go war with Amalek. And I want you to utterly destroy them. I want you to kill every living thing from infants, women, children, men, and even the livestock. You wipe them out because they have been evil to Israel. And so Saul went to battle. And when he was in battle... 
he began to have a great victory. But evidently he forgot what the man of God told him. Because he kept the Beth sheep with the rationale, I'll give it to God. And he kept the king, Agag, alive. And then he had the audacity because of who he was. I guess he thought he was somebody because he was the first king of Israel. Be careful because none of us are somebody. And Samuel came in, and immediately he said, Samuel, oh, man of God, I have kept the word of the Lord. I'm right in the sight of God. And Samuel said, really? What's that bleeding I hear? Well, I kept the best. Hey, Pastor, I I did this, or I didn't want to bother you, or, oh, you know, whatever the reasoning is. uh, When God said something in his word, and Saul didn't follow every jot and tittle. And Samuel told the king, who he loved very much, who he loved very much. He spent nights mourning for Saul. Mourning for Saul. And he turned to go away from Saul, and Saul reached out because he said, Come on, Samuel. Come on. Yes, I've sinned. Yes, I've sinned. Come on, Samuel. Let's go back to the house of God and worship. And Samuel said, I'm not doing that. He turned, and he grabbed a hold of him. Oh, wow. Ripped his mantle. And Samuel said, as you have ripped this, so God shall rip the kingdom from your descendants. What are you doing? What am I doing to my children, my grandchildren, those children yet to be born that if God tarries, I'll never see because I'm not truly, wholly committed to the authority that God has in the church. It may not happen in your lifetime. God did not rule him king right then. But he said, your boys won't reign. So what are we doing to our children and our grandchildren, our descendants? Thus saith the Lord. Thank you, Brother Hillman.
Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Brother Hillman. And I hear some other things happening. I do accept you, God. I do accept your kingship over my life. Is that the way you have reacted to the office of pastor and his family in your life? Would you say the same things about God that you may have said about them? Well, they're just human. They made some mistakes, yeah? So did many of God's men. Think about what I just said. Would you talk about God in the same vein that you have talked about your pastor and his family? Wow. But Lord, I accept your kingship over me. But have you rejected recently the authority of your pastor that exhibits and represents God's kingship over you? You haven't rejected me. I'm still here. You haven't rejected me. Yes, it's hurt, but you haven't rejected me. You have rejected God. There used to be a time where people of God understood that the pastor was human and his family was human. They weren't perfect. They understood that. But, oh, they also understood God has placed them here. Speak not against them. Do my prophets no harm. That's the word, is it not? There used to be a time where people, hear me. Brother Alexander has shared this story several times where His father had planned a vacation, and they didn't go on a lot of vacation. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, his pastor called a revival. And so they were getting ready. The children were getting ready, big family. And he says, so what are you doing? Well, we're getting ready for vacation. We're not going anywhere. Our pastor has called a revival, and we're going to be here to support that revival. What happened to those days? You know what else his father told his family? Because this pastor, I don't know if he was an old man or not, but he had two services at two different churches. He would preach one where they were members at that particular location, and then later that day he would go to another city and preach at another church where he pastored. And do you know, Brother Alexander's dad said, we're going down there and support our pastor. What happened to those days? What happened to those days? Rejected. Just recently, some things have really come to me and gave me some refreshing. I, I had some folks come to me and, and ask me, 
Pastor, is it okay if we go on vacation? If you say no, we won't go. Wow, I was, wow. Wow. Think about what I just said. They were concerned enough. They didn't want to leave without the blessing of the man of God in case they were needed in the house of God. Wow. Then I had another saint just recently come to me and say, Pastor, I wanted to talk to you. My wife was there. And and I'm thinking about starting a business, and I want to know if you would pray about it and let me know yay or nay. Wow. I said, wow, I must have been transported back to the 20th century. I don't know what century we're in. What century are we in? Oh, yeah. I forgot. I'm an old man. I think, man, I've got, I got transported back to the 20th century here. You say God never intended for a man to have that kind of control. Really? Maybe that's the problem with the church today. This is a reminder for me. I don't want to say too much, but just recently... I was put in a situation where I spoke up, and I basically gave my view, and I said, see this man right here, he's my pastor, and what his vision is, is my vision, and what his heart is, is my heart. I'm not going to go into particulars with it. But basically, I stood my ground, and I will do everything within my power to see his vision completed. I've demonstrated that, and I will continue to demonstrate that, no matter the hardships, no matter the sacrifices, no matter the opposition. It was quiet. That's just the way I was taught. It's just the way I was taught, and I'm glad I was taught that. I'm glad I was taught that, and I'm glad I still hold on to it. Amen. And so it cost Saul and all his sons their life on Mount Gilboa, and the ark was taken, all because he began to do things his own way. This is not a very popular theme today. A lot of pastors won't even. And I'm not yelling and screaming and saying, bless God. I'm just telling you what the book says. I mean, we can bring up Romans. I believe it's chapter 13. Hopefully they have it in there. If not, I'll read it to you. There it is. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. 
For there is no power but of God. The powers that be ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Will thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. Oh, by the way, I gave him permission to go on vacation. I said under my breath, maybe then I can go one day. For he is a minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger, to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Those rare times when I preach this way or even rebuke in the service, it bothers people. I understand that it bothers me. But the Bible says specifically to do so in front of all that all may fear. And every time, those few times I've had to do it, I have tried everything I knew to do with no avail. And so this is not a rebuke. I think this is more of a a reminder that it's the office that you submit to. It is the power of God in that office that you submit to. And if that office says yes, okay. And if that office says no, then that's what it is. Or if that office says, let's pray about it, that's what it means, wait. And in the interim, be sure you're careful what you say. Because you can find fault in the office as far as the man. But you can find no fault with God and who he's called. And the Bible says very plainly, and nobody really likes this scripture because it's really clear. And I believe that's in the book of Hebrews. And these are in the New Testament, aren't they? In fact, before we leave Romans, it says, For this call pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their due, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. Then Hebrews 13, 17 says what? Obey them that have... It actually says obey. Yes, sir. Because that is better than... That is better than sacrifice. That is better than praise. 
that is better than giving your tithes? Oh, it's quiet. I can tell some of you are having a hard time with this. Hey, it's in the book. I may not be delivering it the best that I can, but it's in the book. I'm doing pretty good. I could let her rip like a potato chip, but I'm not because I'm not upset. And if I let it rip like a potato chip, some of you think I was upset, and I wasn't upset, and I just letting it go. So I'm controlling myself very well. I'm not going to have any potato chips later, but <laughs> obey them. That have the rule over you. That have the what? The rule over that you. That have the what? The rule over you. Is that what it says? Yes, sir. And then it says what? And submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls as they must give account. Wow. That they may do it with joy. That we may do it with joy. And not with grief. And not with grief because that's unprofitable for you. Reject it. Reject it. When Samuel died, that was the last judge. But it was never the last prophet. Prophets are still in force today. And prophets still supersede in the authority of God as a pastor. Any saint of God that sits under his tutelage. I think God said it even better than me, didn't he? Listen. Listen. Listen, my people. Listen. To my word. Do you know? That just understanding the value of a pastor in your life, maybe that will give you a greater appreciation or return the appreciation to your life. It's not just him, it's his family. Because... The enemy can really get to the pastor quickly through his family when they are hurting. When God is through with me, he'll be through. But if you stay in church, you will always have a pastor. I pray that this word got into your life and into your heart. You can refuse it naturally. You can refuse it. You, you can. Some of you may be doing that even now. I don't know. But you can refuse it. Nobody's going to stop you. God won't stop you. God will not stop you. But remember, you're not refusing the deliverer. You're refusing the word of God. Understand that. When you speak evil of dignitaries, beware. All right.
all I have to say. You have a wonderful evening. Amen.